Medium Debbie, baby. <clears throat> I don't know where to begin, man. That's what I feel sometimes. I don't know where. I don't know where to begin. You know, I think a lot of people during the uh during this pandy have been feeling like like just they don't know where they are in the stream. You know, it, it used to be before the the disease came, you knew if you were a you know, if you were a salmon, if you were swimming upstream looking to have an egg or something have a baby. You knew if you were a frog, you were kind of sitting on the bank, kind of watching things go on. You knew if you were a snake. You know, you kind of knew where you were in the stream. And now I kind of feel like the stream has just gotten... It's cul-de-sacking. You know, the stream is backing up. I mean, it's... The river's coming up in people's toilets. I don't, you know, sometimes I just don't know. I just, I was in the current before. I, I felt like, I, okay, I'm in this current. And I know the banks I've come from. And I know the, you know, the tributaries that have created me. And the world had this flow to it. And now it's like, damn, I don't know if I'm on the, you know, I don't know if I'm on the Titanic or if I'm a tadpole. It just gets, you know, the structure's kind of disappearing a little bit from society, I feel like. A little bit. So I think I just got to stay in the flow. You know, you can't get stagnant. You know, it's you know, I, I sometimes I want to, I just want to be on the side, hanging onto a branch. But, but life's changing up, man. Life is changing up. Just the world, it's different out there. It's just you know, things are start. The structure of things is starting to disappear. Maybe your favorite donut shop it's shut down. You know, maybe you. Your friend used to breed dogs. Y'all would go over there and watch a couple dogs dick down a beagle or whatever. And now that's shut down. You know, somebody used to, used to do a snow cone stand and now they, you know, they're doing drugs and it's gone. It's just, you know, the, the river's changing. The banks are changing. So, I'm just trying to stay current. You know, I'm just trying to just keep, I'm just trying to keep, just keep kicking my legs, man. You know, I'm trying to just keep kicking my legs, and I hope you are too. And I'm happy to be with you guys today from the Central East out here. And I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but then again, I never really have, man. Uh, you know, when I was young, they had... When I was young, a lot of people couldn't read. You know, you'd meet a guy, he don't even, he's just standing there with a book. He don't, you know, he's trying to, you know, squeeze a glass of water out of it or something. Like, what are you doing? You don't, that's, you know, that's not for that. 
some people couldn't read you know you see a guy he really you know he uh he'll have a book but he's trying to feed it to a, a pigeon well damn that's the wrong idea rodney that's not that's not for that people couldn't read every you know nowadays most people can read or at least guess what a book is about but when i was young it was different man uh it was different times are changing man the current is changing but remember who your waves are baby we got each other man we got each other let's get into the episode Bishop Gum, baby, get me back to it. Stay in the river, baby. I'm just sitting on your front porch Wondering how could I be so far from my home And my mind is somewhere else But when I find it, I'll patch up where it's been blown Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when, when I, I reach that ground I'll share this piece on, of baby. mind I found I can feel it in my bones Same old stream, baby But it's gonna take Little time live from the central east for me to set that parking brake and let and myself unwind. Shine that light on me. Come on, baby. I'll, I'll sit and tell, tell you my story. Shine on me, and I will find a song. I will sing it just. Too fast on a runaway train from a heavy load of my past. Oh yeah, and that's a beautiful tune right there. And you know that that's Shine by Bishop Gunn, a band that is disbanded. And disbanding is when you leave each other. Somebody's got an ego, somebody's got a drugs, somebody's got an angry wife, and somebody don't have any gas money and Somebody owns all the copyrights and shit falls apart, man. And that's disbanding, they call it. But one of my favorite groups of all time, probably one of the premier groups. I mean, if you divided damn Steven Tyler up into about eight people, you'd have uh, Bishop Gunn. And that's their song, Shine, man. And that makes me feel familiar. You know, when I hear that song, I feel familiar. I feel like a sense of like familiarity. Um, and man, I like familiarity is something for me. It's like putting on a. It's like suddenly the world is made out of. Sweatpants. And a hoodie. You know, that's familiarity for me. And. You know, during Corvid, a lot of familiarity is what's, you know, it's been kind of eroding a little. Um, 
you know, the fabric of our lives, like they say on that commercial, Hanes or whatever it is, or uh, Downey Soft, I don't know what it is, Hanes, I think, the fabric of our lives, panties or whatever. But, you know, they say on there that, you know, the fabric of our lives is like society, it's the things we're used to, you know, and it all starts to, things just start to adjust a little. And I'm not trying to put you down in a uh, in a ditch here. I'm just you know I'm just I'm just kind of noticing that in my own world, like things are adjusting. You know, people are moving to different places and making changes. People are, you know, the venues that were open before aren't open now. So you can't go hear your favorite band. You can't go hear uh, Dan and Shay or uh, you know um, who else, man. Leon Bridges or uh, Juvenile. You know, you can't go hear your favorite musicians anymore. It's just, you know, things are just changing. The place you got that beautiful Don at, that place shut down, you know. The place you used to go buy a little hat for your lady, get your lady a hat. Maybe your lady's kind of, you know, she's a six out of ten, and so you get her a fucking big ass hat every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Kind of keep her, you know, tell her us to keep her safe, but you know what's up. And that shop's closed. Things are just changing. So we just got to stand tall, man. You know, and so I'm thinking about that for myself. How do I stay the same? How do I manage who I am when everything else feels a little bit unmanageable, you know? You know, how do I know where I'm going when the trail is like slow? It's kind of just disappearing. Like you ever see that movie Back to the Future? It's about some basically people that are hitchhiking through a clock. And, you know, the guy's kind of a little bit of a bitch, but he, you know, he has on a life jacket. And so he always survives no matter where he is. But and he died. That guy died, I think, eventually of HIV. But the movie, the first episode is about he meets Benjamin, not Benjamin Franklin, he meets uh, Thomas Alva Edison. And what a crazy middle name for a guy, Alva. But um, Thomas Alva Edison, he meets that man and, the, and, the, and it gets, you know, things kind of, hilarity ensues from there. Um, but... Shit, man, what was I talking about? Um, yeah, just different time, you know. It's just, you know, the. but anyway, but yeah, but the trail that we're on, I feel like the woods or everything's just kind of, dis- it's getting foggy, it's getting vague. The path that I knew I was on, it's just, there's more uncertainty now. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, you know, it's just, that's what it's like for me. I don't know what it's like for someone else, but that's what it's like for me. And and it starts to feel, you know, I it just felt, un, I, I, you start to feel not unsure of yourself, but whereas it used to be you were going through the woods on a trail. Now you're just kind of, the woods are, the trail's kind of disappearing, like in those photos on Back to the Futures. The woods, it's just, dis, it's in, and you're like, damn, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm headed.
So I just have to focus on where I am, I guess. You know, and today I'm glad that I'm here with you. I'm in a safe place. And, um, you know, I remember for the first time I ever felt a safe place was when I was probably about 15, maybe. And they had a family that lived in a different neighborhood than where I lived. And I was, you know, I was a real stressed out child. You know, I was all, I was rattled, baby. I had a, you know, I had just had really, I had that rattle in me. If you come, you know what I'm saying? You could hear me. I had a, like a damn uh, catalytic converter with a damn dime in it. You know, I always had a little bit of that rattle. And I remember when I got, when I was about 15, put these, put the cans on. Question is life. Uh, when I was about 15, a family said I could come live with them. And they had an extra bedroom. And I got in there. I remember the first time I got in that room, I closed the door. And I just felt like I had some room. I felt like I was off the roller coaster. I felt like I had a little bit of space. I just remember feeling like it was the first time I had my own room. And man, so I was excited. And that night I got high. I lived, I smoked a joint inside and almost got kicked out of the place. But but what I'm trying to say is that, uh, shit, I don't know what I'm trying to say really. I don't know, man. But dude, I do remember this. They had this girl named Debbie. And they called her Medium Debbie. She wasn't big, but she wasn't little. You know, and Little Debbie had already been kind of taken over by the uh, sugar company. By the, um, what do they call that? A bake. I know bakery, but I'm thinking of a, it's not a rotisserie, pastisserie. Let me look it up right here. Pastisserie. And nothing, nothing comes up. Pastisserie. Uh, and I'm talking about like a uh, pastisserie. Let me Google it. Pastis. Pastisserie. Uh, patisserie. And a patisserie is a shop where pastries and cakes are sold. Patisserie. Yeah, and so this, uh, they called her Medium Debbie. Medium Debbie. Because she had, you know, she was really kind of big bone, you know, like a... um kind of big boned like a she had a little bit of great dane in her but you know heavy great dane that had been on like a heavy calcium diet she you know she was full throttle up in the chest like me you know i'm built like a conestoga wagon baby i'm built like a thumb with an attitude dog you know what i'm saying i'm down i'm that downhill bad boy if you catch me on the side to side son i'm ready i'm you know i'll spill my drink but if you got me going barreling straight downhill son you know, the town that's in the valley is, they got a bowling ball heading at them. But she, they call her Medium Debbie, dude. And she, whenever I got into that, anyway, so anyway, I ended up living with these people when I was young. And uh, after I got sex for the first time, you know, I wanted, you know, once you get sex, you want more sex. Because that's how it works. You know, apparently what they put in sex is just a lot of good feeling. And so once you get that sex, you want extra. You know, you go back for second or third helpings, man. 
yeah, uh, just uh, put another couple scoops of that ass in there for me. You feel me? Just that kind of vibe. But they had this girl named Medium Debbie. She would come around and she would basically, she would put her box, she would, she'd kind of knock on the window at night and it would have to be, this is when I was a senior in high school and she would put her, you'd open the window and she would kind of, you know, she was cool. Y'all would have a little bit of a cigarette or something. And then she would put her body, the back part of her body, you know, that ass and legs. She'd put that in the window, front part out of the window, kind of keeping lookout, you know, like a little bit of that alert warbler. And she'd let you kind of do at it. She'd let you do at that, you know, you know, make out, do a little bit of sex, do that with the inside half of her. And she'd put that, you know, that lower half of her body in the window and let you ride it. She'd let you ride on that thing, you know, like a jet ski. And she'd say, oh, you like that white boy? And she was white, I think. Or she was, she might have been a little bit Native American. You know, because she had that little thirsty buffalo on her. You know what I'm saying? And so she'd like, be like, oh, you like that white boy? You like that white boy? And you just, damn. You just really feel the vibe, you know. And one thing I did love about her, she had gum on her always. She's the kind of girl you could put. I mean, if you're, if you're making love to her from behind, you could set your gum on her. You know, on her back or something. She even, I remember, had these earrings for a little while that had two little kind of um, Easter baskets on them. Just two little, just, you know, just the Lord's little uh, coin purses. Just, you know. Just Jesus' little return buckets, you know, just two little Easter baskets just hanging off her ears and she would keep gum in them. She would chew gum and she would keep watermelon in that little right bucket and then a mint mint gum in the left. And she would just, you know, whatever she was doing, business or pleasure, she'd put the one in and when she was done chewing it or needed to holster it, she'd lobe that thing up in that lobe satchel, you know. But damn, that was a, you know, that's what I liked about being young. You know, somebody could come by and just put their body in your window and you could do sex. And, you know, enjoy each other's company. But nowadays, it's like you don't even know. Nowadays, you don't even know. You spray out of a moving vehicle, who you know. And it doesn't even mean anything, it feels like. When I was young, you know, it just was different. We had a fella used to bust out out of the school bus and a they had a challenge fella, you know, this fella had a straight hit of the tism and he would catch, you know, he would fucking uh he wore a uh catcher's mitt always. And he didn't play on a squad, but he was ca- you know, he was mitted up. And he would just, you know, snag it, bro. So there's different times, man. What's going on? Um, what have I been up to? Uh, well, I've been home shopping. And when you're home shopping, it's hard, man. You go in and it's like every little thing you don't think about. Do you want upstairs? I mean, that's a question you never even asked yourself. Do you want upstairs? And I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I like upstairs. I guess, I guess I do. You know what? I do like, I like upstairs because like, if you're up, you, upstairs always gives you an excuse. Somebody's like, hey, can you, uh, uh, honey, can you help me get the, uh, I'm upstairs. 
Do you like that white boy? Uh, honey, yeah, I, I, um, do you, you know, Randall can't find his, uh, his domino set. I'm, I'm, up, I'm upstairs. Yeah, uh, I can't breathe. I'm upstairs. Jesus. I'm upstairs. So that's one thing I like about upstairs is you always have kind of that get out of uh, life free card or get out of wife free card or get out of whatever free card. You know? The, the, the house is on fire. I'm upstairs. What do you want me to do? So that's one thing. Upstairs gives you that advantage, you know? Upstairs gives you that advantage of being not having to deal with stuff. But you have to ask yourself that. Do I want to upstairs? Do I want a pool? Where somebody could obviously drown. If you have a yard, if somebody falls down in your yard, you know, unless you tie a bag of water around their head, they're going to be okay. But if your yard is made out of water because it's a pool, then they're not. And so that's how you got to, equa- you know, equivalent all that. So, and then suddenly you're like, okay, well, do I want a dog? Okay. Do I need an outside? Do I need an inside? You know, it's just, um, it's interesting. Do I want a garage? Do I not want a garage? Do I need a fireplace? Do I like fire? That's a big question. If you're looking for a home. Because it's real scary when somebody, you know, I never had a fireplace growing up. You know, our place caught on fire a couple times, but that was, you know, that was, wasn't by design. So when somebody, you know, somebody says, hey, man, we're going to give you the opportunity to have fire inside of your house. Dog, that shit seems real sketchy to me. It seemed like a real scam by the insurance company. Hey, hey, once you have a little fire in there, we'll charge you an extra G a month. Because you end up, you know, you sitting there in a living room with a couple logs playing Mr. Wizard. It's just riskier, you know. So it's just a lot of things. You and you, you know, how many rooms do you want? Well, I can only be in one room at a time, you know. So, you know, no matter how fast I am. So it's like, how many rooms do you want? Well probably five I guess but then some places they don't have five they only got 13 rooms you're like well damn and then you're like well are friends going to come over how often are they going to come over are they going to come over every day are they going to come over every year I start thinking well I want to have a pool you know so if my friends come over you're like well is that going to be three times a year or is that going to be every you know it's just how many times are friends coming over now? It's just different. It's just you start to think about a lot of things and different things in a home lead you to different questions about yourself. So, you know, it's just been interesting, man. It's been interesting. Um, what else is going on? Pittsburgh Steelers, 8-0. Steelers, Jerry Olshansky, Don, ding, ding, ding. Donnie, come down from there. Donnie, 
over there in Shinley Park with Cordell Stewart dropping BGs on people. You feel me? Thank, thank, thank. Hank Junie. You got to love Pittsburgh, man. Uh, but football even feels different this year. You know, I'm not as engaged. I don't care as much. There's, It's just there's something happening in the world where it's like the things that had become these pillars of that had become these bumpers, these day-to-day bumpers you would bounce off from one to the next and would kind of keep you going down the path. Some of those are, they're disappearing or they're not the same or they're, you realize that they weren't what you thought they were. And so it's interesting to be, you know, just still walk to, to to still walk the trail, not knowing who designed it or where it's going, or if this was a path you chose on purpose. It's interesting, man. Uh, what else? Um, what else is going on with me? I've been house shopping. I've been... Oh, I watched The Queen's Gambit. And look, if you... And it's not something you're gonna... You know, touch yourself to. So if you're going into it that thing and that... Some people think The Queen's Gambit. They think, oh yeah. I've seen The Queen's Gambit, bro. It's freaking... You know, it's that whap, you know, but, uh, but this is just a, a show about chess and everybody knows, man, I got in a fight with a kid. We had to hug each other in the hallway in middle school and he taught me how to play chess and he was kind of violent, but then he taught me how to play chess while we were in detention together and, and I learned it and I went on to become someone that maybe played two games of chess their entire life. But the Queen's Gambit is good if you're a man or woman. If you're even an educated 16-year-old, you'll enjoy it. If you're an idiot, you will not like it. It's not for you, man. Get a dirt bite. But the Queen's Gambit is very entertaining, and I suggest that. It's amazing when you see a good show how, how bad you realize the other shows are. Like you see the Queen's Gambit, and you're like, how is this so good? But all of that is garbage, man. Um, uh, what am I talking about, man? I guess what I'm always talking about, nothing really. So how are we supposed to know what to shop for right now? Well, do what I do. Don't buy for now. Buy for forever. And the brand that's helping you do that for timeless pieces that will last a lifetime of wear, check out Faherty. Faherty makes high-quality, comfortable clothing for life. Sometimes you see somebody, they buy a shirt, look like it's only going to last an hour. Like, dang, bro. That's a limited-time tank top, cat daddy. So go full throttle with Faherty. They're sustainably-minded, designing products with a thoughtful focus on fabric. And every piece is made to last a lifetime. Think about that. Finally, something that's saying, hey, I'm not going to give you something that's no good. I'm going to give you something that is good, that is worth your investment. 
And that's Faraday, man. Faraday is committed to community and the environment and all that they do. The Legend Collection actually is legendary. I got a couple pieces of it and it is tight. I actually had a shirt of theirs. I didn't even realize it was mine. One of my favorite shirts over the past few years was Faraday. Didn't realize it. The quality stands up to everyday wear. Buying forever is the smartest way to shop and now is the smartest time to do it. Right now, you can get 25% off your next Firetea purchase when you go to firetebrand.com slash Theo. That's F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand, firetebrand.com slash T-H-E-O for 25% off. Firetebrand.com slash Theo. Dress for whenever, forever. That's what they can do for you. You got to respect that. Somebody says, hey, hey, buddy, we're going to take care of you forever. I want to let you know right now, um, well, I want to let you know that the studio is coming along better and we're taking care of it. And uh, I'm grateful to the people that have been helping me and, and I'm grateful to you guys for being supportive as we as we gear it along and figure out it's a lot of moving pieces. Where are we going to live? Where's it going to be? Part-time, full-time, you know, it's just like the, you know, like I was talking about earlier with the things around us everything's shape shifting and you don't know if you got a rubik's cube or a or a damn eight ball you just don't know what's happening but i know this man is that i need help and i have friends that help me and sometimes i need therapeutic help people that know what they're doing mentally and emotionally and they can be my outer banks better help Brings you this episode. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. I'll tell you this, a lot of traditional therapy has even gone on to just be on FaceTime or on Zoom now. So BetterHelp's ahead of the curve. It's committing, it's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches that make it easy and free to change counselors. If you need some help, like we all do, visit BetterHelp.com slash Theo. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Special offer for TPW listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash T-H-E-O. If you need some help, give it a shot. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in getting help, man. You know, I don't know where I'd be with that, my friends, man. It's amazing sometimes how your friends will just continue to put up with you over and over again. Isn't that wild? That blows my mind, man. It bees my M. Um, what else? Oh, I want to let you know. I want I want you to save time on uh Thursday, s- December seventeenth. I want you to save some time out of your evening schedule. Uh, it looks like myself and Chelsea Lynn. She's a very funny young lady. She was on, on a few episodes ago. We are going to do a live event, and it's going to be a uh, a Christmas holiday talent spectacular extravaganza. And it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be next level. 
So we're really, really excited about it. It'll be coming to you live, live from the Central East. Uh, so we'll put tickets on sale for that soon. Uh, we're just figuring out everything that's going to be in it. And I'm kind of nervous, you know, but I'm very excited. You know, I'm excited to just kind of try things a little bit different and um, just do something new. Uh, so it'll be exciting. Uh, so just want to let you know, save that space on your schedule. Probably be 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Probably 8 p.m. And um, and we're excited about that. So keep your ears and your face open to that. Uh, what else? We got some calls that came in. As always, the hotline, 985-664-9503. Here we go. Yo, yo, it's Christopher down in the Big Easy. What's up, Christopher? And I used to know a boy named Christopher, and they called him Toby or Tobias. And um, and he, some people they open their mouth, it goes sideways a little, and that was him. Onward. I want to say what up to El Rey de Rata. El Rey de Rata, the Rat King, baby. El Rey de Raton, El Rey de Rata, one or the other, baby, and that's that Spanish red, baby, that queso monster gang. Dude, I actually grew up on the North Shore, and I heard about your legendary status from the Mandeville High days. I lived right around the corner. I went to the rival St. Paul's, though. Okay, you're talking high school time, brother, and that's when I was really first experiencing erection and really just... I mean, damn, I had a real, just a pertinent penis on me at the time. You know what I'm saying? My dick really had an attitude. I had that Muhammad Ali of dick at the time. And um, and sorry, excuse my language, a little bit vulgar. But yeah, brother, uh, yeah, I don't know if I had any stuff alleged. I definitely, you know, I had some good times. I remember doing a bunch of mushrooms one time and stayed in the bathroom at school all day. And I stayed in there and just, you know, I cut all the faucets on and just tried to, I thought I could get to the bottom of the water in the city. I was like, if I run these long enough, I'll get to the end of the water. And then we will know the truth. But it never happened, man. I remember doing that. Uh, What else? I remember being in the bathroom another time and a friend of mine threatened our Spanish teacher. Dude, we had a crazy Spanish teacher, man. Mr. Vlayette. And this dude, he would, he had bon- his bonus points, bro. People, everybody, bro, no, nobody in our school could speak Spanish. We had people that had been in Spanish for 11 years, no Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Drive right through an alto sign, nothing. Just no, just nada, you know? And, but he'd give you 75,000 bonus points if you made a casserole. You made a damn quesadilla, he'd give you 32,000 bonus points. You bring in a habanero pepper dog. If you bring in just a regular can of pepper and wrote uh, habanero on the side, he'd give you 16,000 bonus points. Just his bonus point system was just, it made no sense, you know? If you got beat up by a Mexican dude, he'll give you 6,000 bonus points. So it just, you know, everything he did was crazy. And one time I'm in the bathroom just doing peeing. You know, not uh, doing drugs. And um, and my friend Paul had like a C or something or a D. 
And Paul was in there. Mr. Vliet was in there. And Paul was a tough guy, man. Paul was my friend and he still is my friend. So that's called friendship. And he was a tough guy and he told Mr. Vliet, he was, Mr. Vliet was peeing. And he kind of looked like a guy that didn't have a big dick on him, if I'm honest. I don't like to say that, but it seemed like it. Like if you if you had to find his dick, it would take you a while if it was outside, you know, in like a, you know, you know, like in a field of like freshly, like even if it was out on like a field of freshly cut grass, it would take you a couple minutes to probably locate it. But um, anyway, my, you know, Mr. Vliet's over there holding on to his penis and he's uh, peeing. And my friend Paul said, hey, Mr. Vliet, if you're going to give me a D, I'm going to expose your whole fucking program. He said, you know, I know you're giving people, you know, 700,000 bonus points for a damn, uh, you know, for a, um enchilada recipe. So I'm about to fuck, you, you know, if you, he, he, I remember he said, if you don't get it right, you're going to suffer the consequences. Dude, this student told the teacher that. And I'm just in there pissing or pretending like I'm pissed and waiting for somebody that had a cigarette. You know, just, just being in high school, basically. And so finally he said, uh. And Mr. Vliet said, okay. And he gave him a C, bro, so he could pass, man. Praise God. But I don't know if that's the kind of shit that you heard about me in high school or um, or what happened. That's most of the good stuff that happened. You know? That's most of the good stuff that happened to me, man. Um, and St. Pools, St. Pools was an all-male school. St. Paul's, that's where you went, to all-male and a lot of a lot of parents at this time in in history, a lot of parents wouldn't send their child to all male because they think they're never going to see a woman and they're going to love men. You know, they're never going to see a breast or see you know, see a couple bitches you know beating each other with braziers or anything after the school bus after they missed the bus because they was smoking or just you know. So I think a lot of people was afraid to send their child over to that kind of thing. But let's hear more, man. Thanks for the call. I'm really transgressing. But um, you said to call in if we were listening, and hell yeah, I'm listening. I'm loving what you do. Very uplifting. Hilarious. Anyway, just giving you a big shout-out from the Big Easy while we get ready for that Gato Uno, that Category 1 hurricane today. Gang, brother, thanks for the call, man. You guys are prepared for a storm every day. Every day down there, you put a slicker on a kid. Hell, you throw a frisbee to somebody, you better put a raincoat on it. That shit, everything down there is damn drowning. They should have mandatory fun, uh, snorkels. But thank you for the call, brother, and thanks for... Uh, that's interesting that there's some le- that there's stories that float around about me from there from being a child. You know, the family that let me come stay with them, that's what took me from one... I grew up in a totally more rural area. And they lived in a fancier area, nicer. And that's what took me from one area to another. That took me to a one, uh, you know, more rural town to more of a uh, suburb. And so I had different a plethora of experiences, man. Let's take another call here. As always, the hotline nine eight five six six four nine five zero three. What's up, Theo? Thomas here calling from Houston, Texas. It's time to hold it down. 
You know, I've been thinking recently, you know, work is so stressful. I work in a warehouse and I pull products. And it might not sound stressful, but it's extremely stressful. And I think and I think at the end of the day, most days I think life would probably be easier if I was just homeless. That's great vibe, picking up cans or you know, holding out a little bucket, maybe sound a little about that hair wrong. So I wanna get your thoughts on that. You know, very simple. The homeless way of living. Amen, sir. And thank you, sir. And it's an important question, man, and it's one we all ask ourselves every day. Should I just be homeless? And the answer changes, man. But the truth about homeless is, look, I think about it a lot. Is it fun to be a contributing member of society? Because that's the opposite of homelessness. Is it fun to be a contributing member of society? Well, let me look at this. Um, is it fun? Sometimes I would love to lay in the park and do dope and pretend I'm fucking somebody, but I'm not. Yeah, and have a freaking, you know, and have a two drink Pepsi straight out the two liter and get sunburned. Yeah. Yes, I would love that sometimes. But that's going to fade off pretty quick. By about three in the afternoon, you're going to want a place to wash up. And that's where it gets dicey. When the drugs wear off. You know, when you start to know, you know, you start to see different birds in the park and you know them. That's, that's got to be a tough moment. You know, most of America's homeless are drug addicted or mentally ill. You don't meet a lot of, yeah, I couldn't pay my rent, so I'm just, I'm going to live out here now. You don't. You don't meet a lot like that. You know, yes, sometimes I would like to be home. You don't think I want to, you know, hide a cinnamon roll in the woods and go get it a month later when I'm when I'm high on methamphetamines, dude, and I'm low on mathematics and reading. Yes, I do. But we need to be clear on who is homeless and who is not. Homeless people, it's either mentally ill or drug addicted. And it's the, those are the people that's living under the interstate. You know, th- those are those roadside warriors. Other people are camping. So many people send me uh, pictures like, oh, so many homeless people up here in Yosemite. Bitch, those are campers. Those are campers. You know, homeless people ain't uh, free solo and El Capitan, Papa. Those are hikers. Okay? People are like, oh man, just just made my way to top of Kilimanjaro. A lot of vagrants up here. R.I.P. Africa. Those aren't homeless. Okay? Those, those are Patagonia addicted carabiner junkies. Okay, let's be let's be clear. Those people aren't shooting up heroin and playing freeze tag with their own soul 
behind a Carl's Jr. So that's what I'm saying. When it comes to homeless, you got to know the difference. KYD, baby. Gang, baby. Sorry, I had to urinate right there. I mean, if you've ever urinated, man, it's, uh, I mean, it's beautiful, really, when you think about it. You know, the fact that you get to push water out of your body and it feels good. I mean, I never could have come up with that. So that's pretty remarkable right there. And that's God, baby. So let's get into uh, a little more here. Let's see what we got. Um, here we got a call that came in right here. Let's take a call. Yo, Theo Vaughn. This is Luke from down here in Baton Rouge, man. Um, What's up, Luke from Baton Rouge? And Luke is usually from the Bible, but I see you kind of taking a detour. Onward, brother. Um, big fan, big fan. Uh, actually, I saw you down in New Orleans at the House of Blues once. It was a good, great show, actually. Uh, but look, man. Thank you, man. It's nice of you to say that, man. It really is. And yes, you know, it used to be that we could be out there doing it and doing the rigmarole and, and doing the live show. And now, um, it's a little different now, but we're here together right now, and that's what's important. And that's what's unique about this, Luke, is that you and I were together there, and here we back here together, man. And that's something. If you think about something, that could be it. Onward. Look, man, I got a, a little question. Um, my brother's getting married in a couple of weeks, and uh, I've, I've got. A, I'm his best man, of course. I know. Um, that you were actually your brother's best man. I've got to give uh, you know a toast to him, of course, and I uh, I'm in a mo interesting man. Obviously, Luke is a stalker as well. But now we uh, uh yeah, I was a best man at my brother's wedding. Was I the best man? Oh Jesus, dude, my brother's gonna freaking hate me, dude. I mean, my brother's my best man. I know that. You know, I never, I, I, uh, I don't know. Jeep, jeeps, jeeps. Uh, anyway, enough about me. Onward, Luke. I want to hear more from you, man. That you were actually your brother's best man. I've got to give, uh, you know, a toast to him, of course. And I, um, uh, I'm an emotional person. I don't know how emotional I should get with the, with the toast and, you know, whatnot. So I figured I'd ask if you had some pointers since you had, had been there before being the best man for your brother. If you have any advice for that, uh, let me know, man. Uh, also, I hope all is well. Show's great. Love listening to it. Tell all my friends about it and everything, man. Gang, gang. Take care, buddy. Gang, gang, baby. Thanks, Luke. That's sweet of you, man, for the message. And um, Wow, you know, that's a good question. What do we do for our brothers? You know, it's funny, if I gave my brother a best man speech now, as opposed to whenever I did, apparently, and I, dude, this is embarrassing, man. I, 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 it just goes to show how much I'm just stuck in my own head thinking about myself. I can't even remember. I remember, I actually, you know what? I remember playing at my brother's bachelor party, almost killed us in a 12 pass van. Um, 
We had non-alcoholic jello shots. There's a lot of things I do remember. Uh, it was a beautiful wedding. But I don't um, I don't remember having to give a specimen speech, though. Did we do? Jesus. Oh, my God, dude. I think my brother listens to this. Uh, anyway, Luke, enough about me, man. Um, that's a good question. It, you know, I think... First of all, I would keep it semi-concise. I wouldn't go over two minutes. I think two minutes is about as long as you kind of want to go. But of course, obviously, I don't know, man. You know, if you have a if you have a suggestion for Luke, you can hit the hotline. We'll we'll, uh, we'll circle back up with some of these next week. Nine eight five six six four nine five zero three. Um, how do you? What's the best way to do a best man speech? What's the best way to, you know, I think you want to, I think talking about a certain moment in your life when whatever your brother did or said or a behavior of his. Oh, Story of my life, man. Trying to have a feeling and I get an email. I would I would find a you know a time when your brother did had a behavior or an action or said something that resonated with you and just stuck with you. You know, it just you can even just specify on one moment when he just really when he was a brother. You know, a brother is a lot of things. I think it's really selfless, and I think it's um a good brother anyway, and it's uh. You know, it's loving, it's caring, it's sacrificial. And it's hard. It's hard to be sometimes an older brother. It's hard to be a younger brother. I mean, I think a lot of that could go into, you know, but depending on where you are in the brother chain. But um, that's a good question. If you have some suggestions for Luke, you can hit the hotline. Again, 985-664-9503. Oh, sometimes I forget it. Uh, but yeah, you know. I think just iterating something that they, a moment that they done where they really showed you they cared about you or really, you know, and just let them know how much you care. You know, let them just let it. I think it's a good time, really. Yeah, you're kind of wishing him best of luck in his marriage, but it's also a moment where you get to let your brother know how you feel about him in a public way without you know, being homosexual or without being, uh, you know, without name calling or anything. You get to really just be loving. So, and you can start off with a joke, you know. You could say, you know, uh, I want to, you know, I'm so happy, you know, I got my brother here. If he even is my brother. And then call out your mom. Say, you know, if he even is my brother, Diane. Because we all know you've done some things. And just let that sit for about another second or two. And that'll do, that'll really cook up some humor. Uh, and it could, I mean, who knows? I don't know what your mother's like, but it could also cause some controversy. But, or it could, you know, it, you know dig up some old stuff. But um, yeah, that's a great question, man. And we'll, we'll, we'll put that out to the listeners and we'll do a uh, response back to you on the next episode. Um, what else do we have here? What else is going on with me, man? Uh, 
I'm trying to think about, um, oh, I'll tell you this, you know, uh, Brendan Schaub is coming to town this weekend, so going to hopefully get to go catch up with him. So looking forward to that. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are fighting. And man, this thing really hits some of the, because I know, you know, we've been Dustin Poirier fans here. We've been underdog fans here. We've been the Good Fight Foundation fans here since as since we got to know Dustin. And I know it's kind of late in his career that we kind of jumped on the um on that Bayou Bad Boy bandwagon, but uh but we love him. You know, we love what he stands for. He's you know, he fights for people like us. You know, uh we've always kind of felt that, I feel like, and um and by him coming on the podcast, he gave us a lot of credibility and just being able to talk to fighters like him and, and people who are like him. And so, um, you know, uh, what was I saying? So it's just a crazy that he's getting to do this fight because he held out of the Ferguson fight because there was the money wasn't right. They weren't treating him fairly. And it's interesting to, to take a moment where something is not feeling fair and to stand up for yourself, to stand your ground and say no. Because then once you say no, the whatever the opportunity cart, it was coming by. And it's saying, hey, here, here, here's an opportunity, bucko. And you're saying, oh, no, that's not for me. And then the cart leaves. And then you just sitting on the porch. And then you just hoping another cart comes by. And sometimes the cart doesn't come by. Even for the good guys. The guys who are trying to do it the right way. The guys who stand up for themselves. Even for, Sometimes the cart doesn't come by. So when you see the cart, the next cart that comes by. And that cart is a fucking Irish parade of senior citizen punching liquor junkies named Connor F. and McGregor, man. Dude, that is exciting as hell. And it's inspiring. That's inspiring. Uh... So yeah, just to like um, have had the opportunity to talk to Dustin in between those moments when it was like, you know, I'm not sure, but this is, I know that I need to stand up for myself. I need to stand my ground. And that's just amazing that um, it's inspiring to see that life will reward uh, us. And, but he also didn't give up at those moments. He stayed, you know, kept training to keep training when you don't even know if there's going to be a choo-choo, that's crazy. To keep training when you don't even know if the Amtrak is still in business. Oh. So it's just exciting, man. It's exciting. And you got to commend Conor McGregor for saying this is some, you know, because he's at a level where, you know, he's also such a business. So when he touches something, it just generates more business to that thing. So for him to have that part of him that recognizes, uh, hey, let's do this. And recognizes when good deeds 
have gone undone. Like I personally feel like they had gone in the case of of uh, Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson in their in their quest to get a, just a better contract deal with UFC. Um, hats off to him, man. It's just it's cool and it's fucking exciting, and everybody wins. Everybody wins. When Dustin wins, then it sets up the trilogy. When uh when um yeah, that's it. That's it, bro. That's it. So I don't know if Rogan will let me go to the fight again, man. I think I made kind of I think I just got too crazy last time, dude. I punched my date. Uh I fucking put uh Mark Norman in a chokehold. I you know, it was it was a lot. It was a lot, man. God, that was one of the craziest nights I ever was part of. I had a beautiful date. My girl Megan, we went. It was fun. And it was just like, man, we were right there. And these guys were gladiators. That was when Dustin Poirier was fighting Tony Holloway. God. And that's when Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum went at it, bro. Like a couple of fucking funky donkeys, bro. They went at it. Oh, that was a good night. Anyway, man, if you have some advice for Luke from Baton Rouge, hit the hotline. 985-664-9503. Let's take another call here, man. And then we we got some great call, calls that came in on the hotline. And we'll get to them next, uh, next week, the rest of them. Also, um, I want to let you know that uh, that I've been trying to get a new home, you know. And it's my first real home that I'm going to live in and own. And and it's exciting, but I had some dings on my credit. My credit was bad because I didn't, I missed two payments. I missed two payments on a previous mortgage of a rental property I had with my friend. So Bridge Credit Solutions is different. They are backed with a 100% money back guarantee for any items that cannot be removed from your credit. You will not find that anywhere in the credit repair industry. I'm currently working with my man JJ from Bridge Credit Solutions. You know exactly what you're paying for at the beginning of the credit repair. There's no open-ended monthly fees. It's written into the contract. Now, you will need to have the Bridge Report access prior to scheduling your audit. They cannot go over your credit report without it, but that costs just $1. It can be found on the website by simply clicking on the services drop-down bar where you'll see Bridge Report access. Bridge Credit Solutions prides itself on its lightning quick turnaround time. They will guarantee removal of certain negative items in as quick as 24 hours. Visit bridgecreditsolutions.com slash Theo. That's bridgecreditsolutions.com slash T-H-E-O. And see, I need them to fix my credit because I need to get that lower interest rate. And so that's what they're doing for me right now. And it is working. So that is a... Honest testimonial, it is working right there. You can go get it. I also want to let you know about magicmind.co. That's right, magicmind.co. It's that beautiful beverage sipper. Flow State now comes in a bottle. It's got matcha, nootropics, adaptogens, and a hint of honey. It's the ultimate nemesis to your procrastination. Slay your procrastination demons. Use promo code Theo to get 10% off and get in a flow every morning with them flow state hitters, baby. Magicmind.co. Use promo code Theo. Uh, All right, let's take another call here. Um, All right, here we go. 
What's going on, Theo? This is Julian Powers calling from Niagara Falls, Canada. What's up, Julian? And that's that clean water thoroughfare up there. Niagara, man, I want to thank you, too, because we drink a lot of that. And we've been sipping off of y'all for a while, sucking off that clean titty while we down here flinting. Gang shit, homer. And I had a question for you. So, I'm 21 years old. I just moved out of my house for the first time. I'm ready to take on the world. And I was wondering what you would tell yourself if you could speak to your 21-year-old self. Because I'm out here trying to get some life experience. And I think I have big dreams for myself. But, you know, I easily stop myself from achieving those dreams. Um, I'm my own worst enemy in a lot of ways. Maybe it's a lack of belief. Maybe I just don't have the right tools. I don't know. I think I have everything I need in me, but I just got to get my brain right. But I'd be very interested in knowing what you would tell your 21-year-old self. Gang, brother, thanks, Julian, for that question, man. Um, you know, what would I tell my 21-year-old self? I would say ask her out. No matter who she is, whether she's a job or a new city or or a actual person. You know, whether whether she's uh an opportunity or a fear, you know. If you're afraid of heights, ask her out. Hey heights. What you doing tonight? Even though I recommend doing heights during the daytime when you can see what's going on. But, you know, like whatever she is, man, ask her out. You know, the saddest things in my life, I remember almost touching a girl's body one time. And uh, she wanted me to. So I wasn't, you know, everybody was awake. and but uh, But I didn't try to. And she was beautiful. And I was beautiful, dude. I was young. And man, I, I just, if I could go back to that moment and just not be afraid, just, just recognize that I, look, whatever could be out there, I could have it. Man, that was, you know, so ask her out, whatever she is. Um, what else would I tell myself? Everything's going to be okay. Everything you're worried about is going to be okay. That too. Whatever it is. That also. Is going to be fine. Uh, try some mushrooms, man. Have a few more mushrooms here and there. Do it in a safe environment. You know, don't drive while you're doing it, but do it somewhere and have fun. Find people that you care about that you can listen to. And that will listen to you. Um, what else would I tell my 21-year-old self? Take a chance, man. You know, I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, some type of age. But my best friend Scott, his dad, I was asking, I was thinking, you know, should I move to Los Angeles? And he said, yes. Yes, you should. I said, well, why? He goes, because you can always come back. 
You can always come back. Whatever it is, you can always come back. Throughout my life, I've been back home to uh, my, you know, my Louisiana homes 50 times. You can always come back. Whatever that thing is that's a possibility, go grab that bitch's by the nut. Smoke my natch, fam. You got to get out there. Whatever it is, ask her out. And I, yeah, and he was right. If that man had never said, hey, you should go do that, I never would have. I never would have tried to go do comedy or do this or do go to Los Angeles. He said, you can always come back. Go do it. You'll never have that freedom like you do when you're 21 or whatever age. You know, he didn't specify because I don't know what age I was. But time, yeah, time's slow, slow in the beginning. And then that bitch will fucking Usain on you, son. So. But you're going to be fine, man. No matter what, you're going to be okay. Just remember that. You already are okay. So you got this, baby boy. And I love you, man. And I'm excited for you. Um... We've got some other great calls, man. We'll get to them next week. I think we've done a lot this week, and uh, and I appreciate you guys for being here and being a part of my life. You know, and uh, I'm glad at least I have this. This is something that's normal. This is something that, that we don't, you know, we just stay right in the in the flow of it, you know. This is something that'll it'll change a little, but we try not to let it change too much. And, um... I'm glad you allowed me to just kind of check in with you and see what's going on in your lives. You know, we got a lot of good people out there. And we can't forget that, even though the structure may get a little shaky. Um, the people are still the same. The people are still the same people. You know, the people are still good. So, you guys be good to yourselves. And uh, I'm going to try to do the same you know, I'm going to try to just work more on the gratitude. Man, there's so many things to be grateful for, especially this time of year. And, uh, and yeah, the structure is kind of disappearing on the outside. So it's a lot of like, what structure am I going to make for myself? What current am I going to ride? And if the current isn't there, am I, am I strong enough to kick for myself? Am I strong enough to keep, uh, to keep pedaling? And I think I am, man. And I think you are too. Uh, and I'm not trying to tell you, but I'm just sharing what I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, go watch Queen's Gambit. That'll be something nice you could do with a loved one. Start shopping for Christmas now. Get somebody something nice. Get some flowers for a loved one. Tip your cleaning lady. Take a friend to lunch. The holidays are here already. You know, the holidays start whenever we want them to. So we can do it, man. I love you guys, man. And thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Let's go out the way we came in with a little bit of Bishop Gunn making it. This is my ringtone in the morning. 
And I ain't made a dollar I ain't spent But where it's going ain't killed me yet I still get where I'm down to go Y'all sending some advice for Luke, man, for that fella. That best man. I'm making it. I'm making wrong. Hold the line, baby. You can do it. Most all of my plans slip right through my hands and wind up next to me. I'm upstairs! Bottle was an hourglass. I'd say that I'm about an hour past the minute. I should have put it down. Oh, you made a piñata this 16,000 points. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you if you don't give me a C. I'm making wrong feel right. I'm making it, and if hell's way, I'm hitting there. I'm making good time. Thank our producers Sean and producer Nick. I want to thank our associate producer Colin Reiner and everybody who's a part of this podcast, man. We don't get it done alone right here. And I want to thank God, man, for having our backs, man. Breasty Jeff. Y'all remember Breasty Jeff, man, with the breasts. And he had his mother, Ginger, come in, the truck driver. I want to thank Frank Giles. Frank Giles, baby, making Cinnabons out of the dead. You got to respect that, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. 
Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.